Hi there. Good whatever the time of the day it is you're listening to us. This is the inaugural edition of the PNA Express podcast here tonight. Uh, just kind of freeform riffing it. It's November 10th for those. Full disclosure, we would like to tell everybody what time it is. Unlike some of those other channels I watch or pay attention to that uh, kind of just... Uh, Ah, suspended well, disbelief about things. This, this is the November 10th edition. 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 Yes. So, you know, it's a inaugural November 10th, 1110, yes. <laughs> episode <Perfect>. 9876. <laughs> That's another favorite shtick of mine. So he's Adam Filkins. I'm Phil Nickel. Uh, trying something new here. but That's another shtick I love with podcasts, how they keep the numbers of the episodes. But some of them just totally throw all that shit out the window and just go non-sequential or whatever. They just put a random number on their episodes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we've kind of sat here and discussed, well, what should this be about? We've <laughs> right. decided it's going to be a basically a Seinfeld episode. Yes. Uh, it's a, going to be a podcast about nothing, really. Yeah, the, the Orson Welles of Seinfeld episodes uh, <laughs> going on here. So, I certainly appreciate that. I kind of like that format. Uh, we can talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. I mean, one of the things weighing heavily on my mind, and I think it's weighing heavily on everyone's mind, is why in the heck does beef jerky cost so much? I know. It's just dried meat. <laughs> I know. You know, I mean... I can dry meat out. I leave it on the dash of the car. <laughs> you, have you ever left a piece of like bologna on the dash of the car? <laughs> bologna jerky. I'm sure it's wonderful. I've never tried it, but I'm sure that it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, it seems like it's seasoned and everything already properly. Bologna jerky. That's interesting. I, d- I don't think I've ever thought of that concept. But, you know, there was a time uh, when, of course, growing up, sometimes as a young adult, financial things are hard, and you like beef jerky a lot if you're like me. And it seems like one of those guilty pleasures where you spend the money on it, but you're like, it really wasn't in my budget. Yeah. And now that I've become a professional, working professional, and a little better financially off, I'm really happy with my current situation of where my beef jerky budget is compared to everything else. It's fairly guilt-free. However, beef jerky still costs way too much. Well, you know, you go into a gas station or something, and you get the Jack Links, the big bag of peppered beef jerky, yeah. and then you sit there and you eat it like a bag of chips. And right. an hour later, you realize that it's dried meat. It's going to rehydrate in your stomach, and you're bloated, <laughs> and, it, and it's horrible. So, you know... There's, there's a lot to think about with jerky. It's, you know, there is. There really is. And it's one of those things, like you said, you do it like chips because you just get so used to that, uh, you know, just once you pop, you can't stop. Sorry about that trademark if it's out there. But anyway, so you just keep going. You know, no one can eat just one, and it's the same with beef jerky. No, and, and you just keep mowing on it and mowing on it, and uh, before you know it. You're in trouble. Yeah, you, you are. Uh, it's, it's a serious situation. <laughs> catch up on you in a hurry, for sure. I didn't expect our beef jerky conversation to go there, but I certainly appreciate it. What is on your mind? Well, uh, you know, I, uh, a whole bunch of things. A whole bunch it, of things? It's, right. it's, been, it's been one of those days where it's just <sighs> kind of taken me all over the place, so okay. I'm probably a bit scattered, which I think will be a theme. And I think that's, you know, that's my theme. I mean, Eddie says I have the severe case of ADHD, so Eddie's friend of the show. Maybe we'll introduce him at some point. Maybe we won't. The market's already oversaturated with Eddie anyway. Yeah, I think think there's, you know, a complete Eddie, uh, well, it's kind of like back in the 80s, bringing in Steve Urkel as a guest star on the Love Boat or something, you know, I mean, (laughs) does anybody really want to see that? It's just a blatant ratings grab at this point. Yeah, and, and... at this point, we have no ratings, so we don't need that. Yet. Really, the bar is set pretty low at this, at this time. I mean, it is a, an evening. I don't know when you'll be listening to this or what you're doing. If you're in your car, just honk your horn right now. That way we know you're listening. Yeah, if, you're driving, if <laughs> yeah. you happen to be driving by the undisclosed, undisclosed location that we're at <laughs> um, and you know that you are, go ahead and give your horn a beep and uh, we'll give you a shout-out. <laughs> yeah. 
If you can beep your name in Morse code, that would help. Yeah, Morse code. It wouldn't help. I don't know Morse code. You know, the thing about Morse code is it seems very useful, but yet no one seems to learn it anymore. Uh, Well, you know, I am am a ham radio operator, so I know lots of people actually know Morse code. I am not one of those people. Everybody knows it. SOS and Morse code, you know. Yeah. Dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, 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 dash, dash, Yeah. But other than that, I don't know any other Morse code. No. there's. It's still all dots and dashes. Yeah. It's very confounding. Yeah. It's it's like Braille for people who can hear. Wow. Yeah. That's some... I know. That's deep. It's Braille for people that can hear. We can probably go on about that for a long time. Oh, we'll expound upon that at some point in the future. I'm sure that'll come up in a free-form conversation. But, yeah, Morse code, one of those weird ones, the only reason I studied, probably I would say the amount of myself studying Morse code is, of course, those handheld walkie-talkies that seems like those, uh, they might be Fisher Price or something, yeah. that every young lad has. They've got that little sheet right on the front cheat sheet with the Morse code letters. and Yeah, and then you hit so. the button that never works, right? right? So your dots sound like dashes and your and dashes sound like... A garbled piece. It of all runs plastic. together, and instead of telling you know the, your cohort with the other one, come help me, you instead say fuck you to them yeah, by accident. Absolutely, and then they're like, well, I'm not going to help that son of a bitch. That's right. Like, you know, if he's going to feel this way, I'm going to take the batteries out of this thing and not ever respond. And let's face it, most of the time when you were using those, you were playing army, right? Yes, of course. And so you were giving up. Whoever was on your team with the other walkie-talkie, you're giving up their location. <laughs> location right away. So I mean, they're they're getting a firestorm of you know mud bombs or whatever you got going on. You know, water airsoft wounds, guns, BB guns, yeah. Air, yeah. You know, occasional twenty twos. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, you know, I know that you were associated some with Snover growing up, but that's those are the sorts of things that happen in a small town called Snover near here. Oh well, well, Watertown was. Pretty much pretty just bad as too. bad. Yeah, it, it was it was just as much of a uh, shit show as far as safety <laughs> for the children in the area. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's uh, everybody and everything seems to be fairly bubble wrapped this day and age for the youth. When we were kids, they just uh, our parents just shoved us outside and say, "Go uh, go play with something." I mean, we had a hammer and a bucket of rusty nails and a bunch of old lumber, and that's what we played with when I was like seven or eight years old. Growing oh yeah, up. and my parents didn't question. You know, I'm I'm yeah. walking out of the house with a friend. We both got you know Red Rider BB guns, right? And a, a pocket, you know, a milk carton full of those BBs, and yeah, they didn't think anything you know nefarious was going to go on, like we were going to shoot at each other. But that's definitely what happened. <laughs> Remember the one pump rule though: if you didn't have the Red Rider, if you had the multi pump, like the uh, more advanced guns, if you're going to shoot each other, it's the one pump rule. Oh, if you definitely. had like the power line or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Now now I've got the brake barrels, the 1,250 feet per second brake barrels. So <laughs> that kind of one pump rule is pretty dangerous. <laughs> still very dangerous. You know, there's always stories about people that got shot with a BB and it's still embedded somewhere under their skin or something like that. Or it pops out when they're like randomly 52 years old. They're like, huh, there's that BB. That copperhead finally came out. Yeah, you know, that, uh, that daisy finally uh, came out of the skin and... And now I won't get the copper superpowers that I was hoping for. <laughs> I have a friend who's a firm believer in that, those copper bracelets that supposedly give you all these superpowers, you know, like added energy and stamina and all these things. I can't see how it doesn't work. I don't think, you know, we should probably try it out on the podcast. So if you're listening, the manufacturer that makes those out there, we're looking for sponsors. Give us a shout. We'll wear them around and see what happens. Yeah, we'll literally try any. You know, you got some sort of thing that's supposed to make you glow or, right. or something like that. We'll drink it. The only thing I don't understand is the control group because there's only one fill, and I know my energy level. So if I wear one of those, how am I supposed to know what other fill is feeling not wearing one? Well, if, if you 
do more stuff. Okay. Like, say, for instance, you know, you bowled a 160 tonight. No, it's our bowling night, too, by the it way. It is. But yes. Okay. So I, but without the bracelet, I only roll a 140. That's right. I, I improved by 20 pins by wearing this copper whatever. thingamabobber. You know, copper socks, they have earmuffs, they have masks now <laughs> that are copper. You know, I mean, you could really just be like a copper knight, copper a modern jo- knight. Copper jockstrap? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> copper thongs, yeah. you know, don't confuse those with the masks, especially yes. on second use. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Always make sure. Always make sure you know uh, what piece of equipment you're putting where. Because that, uh, when I played football in high school, that would always be the thing to put your, you know, your cup in somebody's face after the game. And, well, yeah. And yell and, yeah. Well, That's it, probably considered hazy now, so I apologize. Was I a bad person? Was? <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. So, you know, my question is, if you're wearing that copper, yeah. and they, they always show everybody being athletic, playing tennis, right. you know, doing stuff, and you start to sweat, does it turn? Does your skin turn green underneath it? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe if anybody can answer this, um, we're going to set up an email, and we'll probably... Yeah, eventually we'll, yeah. we'll want We don't even know how you're going to get a hold of this show at this point. I mean, no. we might be talking to no one in particular. Yeah, I mean, at, right now, uh, this is more or less to entertain us. <laughs> <laughs> it's and certainly done else. that so far. <sighs> I like the fact that uh, I can actually like swear because yeah. all my other mediums that I do, I, I mean, uh, not, it's it's frowned upon, but it's not illegal. But then, of course, with the radio stuff, it definitely is frowned upon. So yeah, and I I've heard tales of certain people we know on the radio that have gotten in trouble in the past for things that they've said on the air. Oh boy, yeah. So. And, and it was nothing that I would say. I mean, we've already far surpassed that in our short time on the podcast. <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're kind of free to say whatever the hell we want. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And uh, that's what I appreciate is the fact that uh, the format of the podcast, I mean, we can say basically whatever we want. Obviously, uh, love to keep things on board. It's just going to be casual, great conversation with the occasional maybe uh, sailor's mouth, if, if you will. But right. other than that, uh, probably not going to catch a whole lot of, uh, well... I don't know. Well, we're probably, when we do set up those emails, we're probably going to get the nasty gram, you know, from somebody. And those are great. We'll read those on air. Oh, absolutely. I I would love to. I always say, you know, if someone has a concern and they word it eloquently, even not so eloquently, I love reading those on air. Well, in my mind, it's a great opportunity to improve the show and belittle someone who has been a jackass. Right. You know, right. that would be my goal. I mean, turnabout's fair play. And then it's, it's, a, it's a volley system at that point. So they right. send us the first one, we send them the second one on air, and then they feel free to retort. I right, mean, yeah. exactly. And, and it would be a great exchange. I'm sure yeah. more civil than we've seen in debates or anything like that recently. <laughs> well, we haven't broached politics at all, but that's okay. That's okay. We don't need th- no. this first one. We don't, that, that's as close of a brush with that. I told you the thing that's weighing heavily on my mind. That's the first subject that I could think of to open the show, that beef jerky thing. I like the copper stuff, too. That's really food for thought. (sighs) Yeah, I mean, now, what if you get the high-protein nutrition of beef jerky while wearing something copper? Oh, my goodness. I mean, this could be like a superfood. We may have just come We may have stumbled upon something. Yeah. I mean, this could be the type of thing that extends, you know, the lifespan of, of the human race. That could very well be. Now that I think about it. Is that the secret? Is that the, the key? I don't know, but you know, this just popped into my head. Have you ever tried rehydrating a big piece of beef jerky to see if it becomes a steak? I have not. I have not. I am curious now, though, as to what could happen. I do, think we have next, the, we, do we have the means to do that? I'm sure we ne- can figure it out. Next podcast, I think okay. we need to bring 
a pe- you know, a bag of beef jerky. <laughs> yes. We need to put a few pieces in different liquids. Okay. You know, maybe one in beer, one in wine, one in water. Yeah. See which rehydrates the best. See which one pumps it back up to maybe it, maybe it becomes a medium rare steak at some point. Who knows? I doubt that highly, and I think it's going to be gross, but I'm willing to give it a try. Well, yeah, it'd, it'd, it'd be entertainment, you know. <laughs> it's something more to talk about. Absolutely. Oh. And we could give periodic updates as, you know, right. the... How it's the, looking and the texture. We'll have to use a white wine and a light beer yeah. so that we can actually see the beef jerky in there to see right. if it's reinflating or what. I don't know what rehydrating... Reanimating? Well, that could be a whole other thing. <laughs> that could be a whole other experiment. Maybe we, you know, a light beer with 12 volts applied to it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, didn't expect that. I thought it was beef, right? Sheep jerky is probably a thing, too. I mean, do you really know what you're getting in that bag? <sighs> That's a great point. That's a yeah. great, great point. I've never looked at the ingredients to see is beef the number one ingredient. One of the... N- most disappointing days that I ever remember was when one of my friends brought a big bag of jerky and it was gosh darn turkey jerky. I said, what the hell, man? Turkey jerky. Why are you feeding me this crap? Now, bacon jerky. Bacon jerky is a different that's story. That's solid. Yeah. That's solid. I mean, it's two of the greatest things <laughs> that you can have in a dried meat category. Yes. I mean, bacon jerky. It's a home run. That's a home run. It's a no-brainer. I'm shocked it took him so long to come up with that. Yeah, I mean... Really, it, it should have been done a long time ago. That's something I should have enjoyed as a child. Right. But I probably wouldn't have been able to afford it because, again, it, it's a little step above yeah. beef jerky. It's a high, but, which is weird because pork is actually less as a meat uh, price-wise currently. But it's double processed. You're right. You know, you've got the curing and the smoking and then, and then the jerky. And the de- oh, that's true. Yeah. It's kind of like refried beans. They are delicious, but, man, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a cumbersome process. Yeah. Well, and, and then it comes, you know, do you, are you really getting just begging strips like you buy for the dog? That's what I often wonder, too. I've never tried a begging strip. Maybe we Me should either. try some of those, too. Yeah, I, you know, we may have to have a whole show on just... Uh, I'd be willing to give it a shot. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go, the peanut gallery. Fans already. Fans already. I like it. So we've talked about beef jerky. A lot. That's okay. That's I love beef jerky. But well, who's not interested in it? I mean, <laughs> there's probably people that will listen to this that will go out and buy beef jerky, and so, we could see a spike, which will lead to a shortage. So I I would love 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 to have a beef jerky sponsor for this show. I oh mean, yeah. I I would think that really um you know I've set a lot of goals in my life, some of them quite lofty, but. If I could achieve this one, I'd, I don't know what would be left for me. No, honestly, hon- honestly um, retirement, you know. Yeah. Um, there is the jerky store. Now, if we say hashtag jerky store, that counts too, right? Yeah, I think so. So uh, they're tagged in this podcast now. Yes. So the jerky store should probably definitely take a look at, you know, throwing some jerky our way. and Yeah. Uh, I would love to try and rehydrate their jerky. Yeah, absolutely. If I, we had a test bed of jerky, I think theirs would be... M- That'd be great. That would be, that's that's like Cadillac jerky right there, though, as it is. It, so. it is. I mean, it's it's solid stuff. Their meat sticks are good, but right. I don't think there's any reanimating or Cause, rehydrating. Because there's like there's like levels of jerky, and I put it on a car scale because I think about everything in cars, and I don't know why. I grew up in Michigan, that's why. I'm well, like, yeah. There's like Ford Pinto jerky where you're like, oh, this is terrible, and then there's you know there's that maybe you know, like a. Uh, Buick jerky, and then there's Cadillac jerky, but then there's like Porsche and Ferrari jerky, and when you yeah. have that, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to keep your composure when you take a bite of jerky that good. 
I, I know this is a shameless plug, but Thumb Meats and Caro. Yeah. They have the best beef jerky around. Yes, I concur. Actually, I, that's right around the corner from where my kids live. So, yes. I mean, it, it is it is the Ferrari of beef jerky it as is. far as oh. I'm concerned. Beef jerky is, you know, it's, beef jerky is like music, though. It's good if you think it's good, which I agree that's good. Other people might be like, oh, it's trash and maybe this jerky is better. But I can, that's good. That's My good, wife very good didn't jerky. care for it the first time she had okay. it. And now every time we go into Carol, she's like, you're going to go to Thumb Meats? Are you going to stop by there? <laughs> Like, well, I was thinking about it. Yeah, why don't you stop in there? <laughs> and then, you know, with that, the voice of reason is totally out of the house. I mean, uh, out the window. I need five pounds of, and, and you know, you, I need a, I need a sea bill of, of beef jerky. And I've been there before, you know. Uh, little, literal, I've requested a buttload of beef jerky, and a buttload is an actual measurement. So generally I just say, just give me what you have then, because they're like, we don't have the means to measure a buttload here. So I'm like, well, yeah. all right. Well, and then they want you to get naked on the scale and all that kind of stuff, and know. you know, and I'm a little heavy these thing. days, so yeah. they really want to dicker on price at that point, and it just gets to be a whole big process. Yeah, so just dump that bin, take the take the saran wrap off the bin, and dump it in a bag and give it to me. <laughs> That's right. Just hand it over. Hand over all the beef jerky you have. Yeah, I mean, it, really, we have actually blown about uh, seventeen and a half minutes on beef jerky and a little bit of copper sprinkled in there. <laughs> Which is pretty amazing that I'm still not bored with the beef jerky topic. you're welcome. It's one of those things that I feel, you know, we both feel strongly about it. And they say, you know, speak of what you know. Yeah. And well, and and beef jerky is a passion. Yes. It's it's more than a passion. Yes, it is. It's a passion. That's a good way to put it. Beef jerky goes along. It's a passion. Like letting out my jeans is a passion. Right. You know. (laughs) Like beef jerky, beef jerky is a whole, there's a whole, there's, there's a whole beef jerky subculture in in America, I feel like. So, I mean, I could do more podcasts about it. If there's any beef jerky experts out there, hit us up and uh, send us information. Maybe we'll put you on and uh, talk about what you know. Any of you hunters out there in the next few weeks that get, you know, that get a deer and you have jerky made. And if you have your own recipe that you just think is above all, by all means, hit us up (laughs) and we will get you on the air. And we will try your beef jerky. Yes, and we re- do request samples, though. That's, oh, well, you know, of course. Really more than samples. I, I mean, mean, if you want on this podcast, you better bring your A game and you right. better bring the jerky. Like Betty White would say, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, in this case, Because she's been around jerky. long enough from when that saying was invented. So that's the only reason I, I associate Betty White with that saying. Yes. And at that point, they made jerky out of pudding, too, because it was like depression-era yeah. stuff. You know, they just kind of spread it out on a cookie sheet and let it dry. I wonder if there's some depression-era beef jerky recipes out there. That would be interesting. Yes, I, I can honestly say that there is. My wife has been all about, she's been watching these videos on depression cooking. Okay. And like, you know, you can make you can make uh, biscuits out of like chopping up an old chair leg and then you add some oil to it and some Crisco and you bake it and it's a, it's a biscuit, you know, so you know, it's, it's this crazy combination of stuff. Yeah. The weird part is, is everything's actually pretty good that she's tried. Yeah. When you make it, you're like, a, it's kind of like, <coughs> there's a, I mean, not to, not to belittle uh, the Great Depression at all, but like prison food too. Have you ever seen any of those videos of the crazy things they put together? Like, oh, like prison wine and yeah, all that stuff. They make like prison, uh, like uh, walking tacos and things like that yeah. out of like ramen noodles and. Yeah. God, it's, it's a very I, I saw a guy, he made lasagna. Mm-hmm. Out of a can of ragu, some cheese, like sliced cheese, and uh-huh. then ramen noodles. Perfect. And Perfect. It actually looked appetizing. I, I haven't tried it, <laughs> but I was like, 
Well, you know. <laughs> Why not? Get a pinch. I... So my grandmother went through the Great Depression, and I never, one thing I, I noticed about my grandmother, I never saw her throw out virtually anything, but the one thing that always got me is Ziploc bags. She would rinse out and reuse Ziploc bags until they were at their hairy end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my my grandpa was the same thing. He was born in 1910, so yeah. he, he was, you know, a, a teenage boy working through the Great Depression um, yeah. for his family, and Egg cartons were used for everything. everything yeah. Like he stored nuts and bolts in them in the garage, and there was yeah. a, a five foot stack on top of his fridge to the ceiling, and couldn't get rid of the egg cartons. No, because know? that's one of the most useful containers known to man. I feel like because I mean, they can divide and conquer for the most part. You can either have the flip side with the big bay or the individual twelve dozen, you know, little cradles. Think about a dozen little cradles. Think about if you were going on a on, on a hiking expedition. Yeah, you could put. Literally twelve different types of beef jerky in that in their own little container and carry it with you in a simple, easy to easily portable container. My God, good God! That is free. That is that's why that is why egg cartons are so valuable. Oh, they're just totally versatile <laughs> golf balls. Still yeah, golf balls. I've, in I've, them. I've probably bought six dozen golf balls, used golf balls in 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 egg containers. And, and in your folly, you probably threw the egg containers away. I did. How did you know? Well, you know, I'm guilty of the same thing. I, I, I have failed to see their uses. That's a whole other podcast, too. So here's another weird thing that happened to me growing up. I always carried Tic Tacs with me, and I could never throw away those damn stupid little containers because I always thought they'd be useful for something. So one day, I'm cleaning out my bedroom in college, and my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend now, girlfriend at the time, has a bag a grocery bag full of probably 75 Tic Tac in here. She's like, what the hell are you going to do with these? I'm like, I don't know, but something. She threw them away. I was upset. It led to a fight. Now I realize why she's not my girlfriend anymore. Yeah, she was probably right. Yeah, she was you know, oh, 100% right. For the longest time, that was me with pill bottles. Okay. Now, I don't fish a lot. Right. But my vision was, I can keep fish hooks in there. I can yeah. keep sinkers in there. You can keep anything in there. You All know, right, we'll see you guys. Have a good night. So that was, that was kind of my bugaboo was, yeah. oh, don't throw that pill bottle away. That's a container that right. might someday come into use for small things that I might want to hold in right. a small container. And it floats, too, which it, for, for buoyancy surf, uh, services on, on the water, yeah. Do you know how many I used over the years? I would say uh, over under a four. Uh, yeah, zero okay. would, would be the correct amount. I saved under. lots of them, but oh, okay. I, I used zero. Sounds like that with Tic Tac containers. Well, you know. I mean, I can see where that could become an addiction that I got to have those. I mean, what if you ran across a scenario where the perfect size thing that you need to carry in your pocket to be be slightly weatherproof, but not totally waterproof, easy to get into in a pinch. Right. Man, I could really use a Tic Tac container. And then you just got to go out and buy Tic Tacs, eat them all as fast as you can. And then use that container. It's kind of like popsicle stick art. I never good at, I got it. How could you eat that many popsicles to make that stuff? I, I've never understood it. Yeah, and That seems w- like a very cumbersome process. Why would you want a roof on like a little popsicle birdhouse that's like half orange, right. half red? Purple, everything. Yeah. yeah. I concur. I agree 100%. I mean, I've never... It takes dedication to do popsicle stick art. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean... Think about when you were a kid and you go to Sunday school and you make the cross out of it. Right. You know, and you'd have to sit there with scissors and try and cut one. And they were crappy scissors because they gave you safety scissors with the plastic on them. You got to cut through, you know, an eighth of an inch of wood with that. Mm-hmm. And be as, as though they might be cheap, yeah. popsicle sticks are not cheap wood. They're, They're sturdy. They're quality wood. They are sturdy. You know, and did you ever have to make a bridge 
in like one of your science classes? Out of I had. Tricks? I actually had to for one of my engineering courses. We had to make a bridge out of out of essentially popsicle sticks. They were tongue depressors, actually, but similar, similar ilk. And uh, you're right. So fun story about me when I was a kid. Well, I'm still fat, but I've always, I was always fat. So I was fat and slow when I was in like kindergarten. Remember the big racks of scissors? Mm-hmm. I was so fat and slow that I would always get there, so all that would be left was the left-handed scissors. So I learned to cut very, very well with left-handed scissors, even though I'm right-handed, because that, that's all that was left on the rack by the time I got there. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that's rough. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess I never realized, I guess I do realize that there are left-handed scissors. Yes. But all of our scissors, th- this is how cheap our school was. Uh-huh. All of our scissors had, like, they... They were ambidextrous. They had the same little D-shaped hole. See, I so love your thumb didn't really fit in them right, but your fingers didn't really fit in them right, and you were you were sloppy. I mean, you'd cut out that Smurf head or something. Oh, and, yeah. And it would look Thank terrible. You. So I love amphibious things. So, I mean, ambidextrous things. Amphibious yeah. things are cool, too. Yeah, amphibious things are very cool. I was just talking to somebody about the Ride the Ducks tour the other day. Well, to tie that in, is smoked fish really just fish jerky? Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, I, I think I would I, say yes. I think yes. so. I mean... This is something we should explore a little and I, more. And I like smoked fish. I like I beef jerky. Too. So I would think that they're related. I think they're the same ilk. You know, if you... So, so if you put together a plate of smoked fish and beef jerky, is that surf and turf? I would... Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, There's, really... That's like hillbilly surf and turf. But yet expensive. Yeah. I mean... But not cheap. No. I mean, you would think, oh... That hillbilly surf and turf, that's going to, you know, that's... Golly, anybody can afford that. But no, yeah, that's that's no. high-class hillbilly yeah. right there. Yeah, that's that's really high-end. That's like yeah. Beverly Hillbilly's, you know, cement pond kind of stuff. <laughs> A bubbling crew. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I like where you went with this. But yeah, smoked fish, definitely. That's like fish jerky. Now, I love, like, smoked white fish. I hate yeah. the bones in it. Yeah, the bones are kind of a pain in my I ass. I mean, because you just want to tear into that like you would a piece of beef jerky. You do. You do. You, you just want to fly all willy-nilly off the t- handle, just skin belly yeah. hell right into it. And, and you can't. You're, you're sitting there like, oh, I might get a bone. I better eat this slow, and I better break it apart into little pieces. And, you know, I, I want to, someday I want to be rich enough that I have a, a bone remover guy. I was just going to say, wouldn't it be great or if gal, you could hire, or, yeah, or either or, equal opportunity employer. Probably, you know, I mean. It I doesn't matter your it. race, your creed, your background, uh, male, female, sexual orientation. Right, just somebody As long who, as you could take the bones out of that If fish they're jerky. detail orientated, yes. I would probably hire them. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I think you've arrived. So, I always said, you know, people always want a big fancy house. And here's what I've, and I've, I'm close to accomplishing this goal. I don't want a big fancy house. I want a house that I'm comfortable in, but yet financially I'm still set enough that I can pay somebody to mow my lawn and clean my house because then you don't have to waste time on those things. See, I like mowing my lawn. You know, I, I, don't. I get on the zero turn. I yeah. pop in the headphones. I got yeah. noise-canceling headphones, so I don't hear the thing. Right. Nobody bothers me. I can't hear my phone. It's kind of like when, it, you know, when we're doing this. The phone's on silent. Yeah. You're just kind of doing your thing, and yeah. you, you don't get bothered by the outside world at all. You know, it's... For those, it's kind of like in The Fast and the Furious when he says, for those 10 seconds, I'm free. I feel that way about broadcasting, too. Like, everything else in the world just kind of fades away, and yeah. I appreciate it. You know, you, you put So you like that when you mow your lawn, too, huh? Yeah. Nice. I, I, I get in the zone. It, yeah. Like, like the guy from Linkin Park. I put on the headphones, and I'm in the Matrix. Right. And I'm just plugged in, and I go. That's awesome. See, and I it, wish I could do that. It, believe it or not, I actually, no matter how bad they are, I actually schedule my mowing around Detroit Tigers games. I could see that. I could see that. 
I, I Dan Dickerson, Jim Price, get them in the headphones. Those they, dulcet tones of theirs are just beautiful, and they just kind of drone you through the mowing your lawn. They're very interesting, and it, there's something satisfying about listening to them try and make the shit ass tigers sound interesting. Yeah, you know, well, that's oh, it, huge. it's it's twenty two to nothing, but you know, here comes. Jimmy Crux to the plate, he's probably going to strike out because he does 80% of the time. That's right. But they make it interesting. But here's the note. So the pitcher he's facing right now is a left-hander that was born in an odd year. And against pitchers that are left-handed that are born in odd years, he bats 456 against. Yeah, with, with a tendency to go long to the right. That's right. You know, so, you know, I mean, they, they they and then you're sitting on the edge of the mower seat. You're like, you know, what's going to happen? You got those bars pushed all the way forward. You're <laughs> yeah. mowing at breakneck speed. Right. And it, it just it goes by really fast. But, again, you're just – you're zoned out. And I, I love stats like that, and I, I hear them all the time. I actually pitch them out there. I'm that guy that'll look up that random shit like, well, how is he against, uh, uh, on overcast days, against left-handers <laughs> that were born in February, how well does he hit, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and he's got a tendency to pull the ball right. in that scenario. And, yeah, well, and he gets a little overzealous because he, too, was born in February. So he's thinking to himself, this guy's got the same birthday month as I do. Yeah, and what, it's the what, shortest month. Pisces? They're Pisces? Right, yeah, and that's the shortest month, yeah, month so, of the year. So what are the odds? The odds are actually less that you'd be born in February as opposed to any other month. And here this guy is. I'm facing in battle. And he's yeah, been born in the same month as me. He's a Pisces, sign right. of the fish. Right. Does he also believe that smoked fish is beef jerky? And then that throws him off a little bit. And next thing you know, strike one goes by the hitter. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from there on out, he owns them. That's right. He's just, he's in his head. He's in his headspace. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's thinking about, well, geez, I've got sunflower seeds and jerky back in the dugout. Maybe I should just go there now. Maybe. What's the use, right? If I end up on first base, I'm going to have to, that's going to prolong the time until I get to the sunflower seeds and jerky. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's a conundrum that we're probably never going to solve for Major League Baseball. This is some major sports psychology right here. Oh, it is. I mean, we probably have a future in that. Yeah. I'm sure. We could probably drive a lot of players nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing you want to do is make people overthink things. I do that all the time. I do it at work. Um, I find a very effective method is to just look at someone and not say anything, and they're talking to you, and then don't say anything, don't respond, and they talk a little more, and then you just keep looking and don't respond. They talk a little more. That uncomfortable silence yeah, yeah. that where you just sit there. And with an unapproved, unapproving look on your face. Yeah, too. like what you just said is not going to cut it with me. And then you say something like, no, I think it's great. I, I was just, yeah, no, I was just letting you talk. And then the sigh, oh, great. Oh, I have Phil's approval. That's right. And I can go on with my day now. That's right. <sighs> there you go. Yeah. It's, a, mean, it's it, a simple formula. Yeah. That, How that to make it. someone's day better. You make their day substantially worse at first and then... Pull the, the the curtain up and say, "No, you're great." Yeah, and and then they feel good about themselves. Right. But but you've knocked them down a peg before you brought them back up. And there's something powerful about that. <laughs> I don't think you'd be classified as a great leader, but I like it. I like the methodology. I, I mean, you know, I think we need to try it tonight while we're bowling with Eddie and Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, tr- really? With Eddie? I mean, have you have you ever given Eddie? Disapproving looks before he can't take that sort no, of no, yeah. no. I, I, I love think, the guy. But I think every like, time he doesn't bowl a strike, which yeah. is most of the time, yeah, we should just kind of turn our back to him, fold our arms and turn our back to him. I like it. I like this. I I think that that it's either going to make him bowl better or he will fall apart completely. Yeah, we're, and that's what they call the definition of character, right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to see where he's at. I, right. I'm not sure. Jonathan's too young to get rattled by that. Yeah, he'd probably throw something at us. He's he, and he does enough athletic things because he plays softball and a few other things. That right, he's, he's used to disappointing himself. Right, right, absolutely. 
<laughs> this has been an interesting first episode. Where are we at time-wise? We're at 32 minutes, believe it or not, which is probably 31 <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds longer than anybody's still listening. <laughs> if, I, you're, if you're still listening at this point, thank you. And, you know, if they... I'm sure they heard the intro music and went, wow, that's yeah. pretty good. And then, then we started, and oh. they kind of they really fell off so if we at pe- that point. We probably did peek at the intro music. Yeah, we, probably every week that'll be the case. Well, that's all right. Well, people can tune in and see if maybe we can overcome that hill. I don't know. Uh, we might change the intro music a little bit. Oh. We might add something to make it better. That's an Adam Filkins original, too, by the way, that intro music. It is. I, I threw that together in about... 34 seconds. I saw the whole creative process and it was magnificent. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I was really in the zone. I was rolling. Yeah. You were um, locked in. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a pop and lock scenario, you know, <laughs> kind of that, that 80s beat going. And Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, it felt good. It, it felt good. It sounds good. Yeah. It felt right. It sounds good. I'm pretty pleased with it. I'm happy with it, too. Yeah. Here, here on the, the, the P&A Podcast Express. That's yes. our name, the PNA Podcast Express. Yes, and we'll be expressing things that are probably not <laughs> popular or uh, relevant to anyone else. But you know, if you enjoy beef jerky, and you've ever wondered about other things that could be classified as some type of jerky, yeah, you know, poultry, it's not jerky. Maybe it's once, maybe meat. once we build, if we build some listeners and some questions, people can send us. That should be a segment: beef jerky or jerky or not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, there, there's, is salami a jerky? I mean, it's, it's, cured. it's a cured meat, yeah, but not dried out totally. Uh, I, uh. I mean, these are things that are really need to be hashed out. I don't think any, anybody in the media has ever tackled those type of things. You know, another thing I've always wondered, and I know, I'm, I know we're trying to wrap things up here, but this is what, this is what people like me do, because I'm scattered. What if we had a dehydrator, which somebody told me I need to get one so I can make my own jerky. What if we dehydrated Spam and made Spam jerky? Spurky. Spurky? Yeah. Yeah. Have you had it before? No, but huh. I do like Spam. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Which is not popular, I've found. No. No, but it's not. how do they stay in business? I mean, I know Hormel makes a lot of other stuff. But I think it's given a lot as a gag gift, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, that and potted meat, whatever that is. Yeah, because I know for a fact, like, my family has a white elephant every Christmas, and the same can of, of Spam has been getting tossed around for at least 12 years now. So it might be the can that had the key to open it? it I'm sure it is, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. You know, now they've gotten all fancy. you got a pop top, and yes. you just crack that thing open like a beer, and yeah. boom, you're eating Spam. <laughs> I mean, you have a beer, you have a spoon, and you have Spam. What more do you need? Well, I'll tell you what. One of the greatest things from my childhood mm-hmm. was you would take Spam, you'd slice it up kind of thin, you'd fry it, and then you'd take a thin slice of Velveeta cheese oh, yeah. and put it on it. Oh, my gosh. That was, like, the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I I don't care who you are. I mean, that that, that might be hillbilly food, but it, that is really, really high You end. could probably serve that to somebody royalty oh, without telling it, them what it is. Yeah, you could go to the Brown Derby or something oh, yeah. out, you know, out west and, you know, these high-end restaurants. And you could serve that, and people would be like, "Oh, that is fantastic." I mean, maybe put it on a uh, maybe put it on a, a very fancy uh, cracker for a bed, and then maybe a, a toothpick with a little bit of markings or frilly or something. Well, you know how they take like the sauces make an and they make a, yeah, a, yeah. a streak on it. I, yeah. I'd probably take some like craft onion barbecue sauce and yeah. like, oh, run yeah. it across. That, that would complement it very well. Oh, it would. I mean, yeah, I, that'd, that'd make the flavors, the salt and the spam pop. 
And if you really wanted to, <laughs> the salt in the span, it's all salt. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you really wanted to get fancy, you could go like A1. Oh, you know, Heinz 57. Which we'll have a whole episode about A1. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love A1, but have you ever looked at the date when it was uh, originated? The Civil War was going on. Yeah. So who decided we needed a steak sauce in the middle of the Civil War? Exactly. <laughs> Some, somebody sitting there going, boy, you know, I've got this lead ball lodged <laughs> in my thigh, and I'm probably going to lose my leg. But you know what could really go good on this jerky-like meat that I've been forced to, you know, this hard tack that I've right. got in my bag? Some A1. Some A1. And yeah. That's how it got its name, because they said, this sauce is A1. Yeah. Because that used to be quite a compliment back in the days, things yeah. like A1. Well, they didn't get a whole lot deeper than that, you know, right. alphabetically or numerically. Most people couldn't read back then, too. No. So it so. was, those were easily recognizable Because it's the first one. And people, rec- it's, it's name recognition, because they're like, hey, I know that letter. Yeah. I don't know any other letters. One, I know that number. Yeah. Yeah. And really. That's very very smart marketing right there. It is. I bet you, though, that whoever came up with that name mm-hmm. was a mathematician. It's actually an equation that comes out to something that solves some great life mystery. probably is. It probably could have prevented, ended the Civil War. That well, could very well be, that could very well be the key that unlocked the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. Or, or the Emancipation Proclamation. Proclamation I right. mean, it, it, it could have pushed any of those, those things to fruition. This could lead a lot deeper than we really think it does. I think there's some great talk of some potential conspiracy theories here. I see like a Da Vinci Code yeah. type episode coming up later. Of, you know, maybe it could be about that plus other, you know. I'd really like to study the label, label now of A1. Yeah. I mean, well, I'd really like to study it while having a steak because we've been talking an awful lot about food. <laughs> That's what my life centers around. Yeah, well, you know, really, you think about it, you wake up, what do you do? You eat. You eat, right. And then halfway through your day, you're like, boy, that that I did this morning is now an antiquated event, so right. I need to eat again. Yeah. And then coming to the close of your day, you're like, boy, I think I'd like to eat again. Yeah. And then you do. It's just a lot of it's nature, but uh, that's the thing, especially if you work in an office like me. Uh, about 10, 11 o'clock, the next thing, your, your big milestone you have to make it through is lunch. Yeah. Because you're like, I can't wait to make it to fucking lunch, and then the day's going to be half over. And, and then it, it slides all downhill. Yeah. You, ever, you ever push your lunch a little later just I for always the second do. half I want to talk about this. Yes. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do ever. I, they always tell me, oh, you should take lunch at noon. And, uh, and I'm like, I don't want to take lunch at noon, you know, because then if you leave at 5, if you leave at 5, you know, you've got four and a half hours. I'd rather take my lunch at one, come back at one thirty, and only have a shorter yeah, portion of my Yeah, three and a half day. hours. I, I've, I've always been a firm believer in that. So I subscribe to this a lot. And like another one I came up with was when I worked at uh, Boeing. They said that they wanted us to work virtual one day a week. And a lot of people po- chose Mondays or Fridays. I chose Wednesdays. Because then I only had a two-day work week every time it seemed and like to go into the office. what day sucks worse? Right. Wednesday. Right. I mean, you don't do anything on Friday. Let's admit it. After, Listen, after Friday's lunch, just a throwaway. Absolutely. After lunch. And, and Monday before lunch, you don't really do anything either. Mm-hmm. So why not be in the office not doing anything with everybody else? It's kind of like, here's another thing I subscribe to. I never take my vacation time around the holidays because that's when the office is emptiest because everybody else is taking their vacation day. It's beautiful in the office. It's quiet. Yeah. Nobody's there. Yeah, I like to take my vacation on a random Wednesday in November, you know? Tuesday. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm a firm believer in that. I, I, I have the same outlook on it. I, yeah. I, everything that I can do to push off yeah. and make the second half whatever shorter, right. 
I will do. Yeah, and I procrastinate to high holy hell on everything. So, so it's kind of along that same ilk. It's just like, so if you work the day before the holiday break, the Christmas break, uh, a lot of people take that as a vacation day. But almost every place I've ever worked as an engineer, the boss will come around about mm, just after lunch and give you what we call the handshake and be like, ah, get out of here, you filthy animal. Yeah. So you pretty much get a half a day off for nothing anyway. Well, and like um, going in, if like Christmas falls on a Thursday, yeah. you go in that Friday, nobody does anything. Right. It's, it's all stand around the water cooler and talk because there is nothing going on unless you're in retail and then you're screwed. Right. But as far as like going into an office, yeah, it's, I mean, you're just blowing the whole day off. Just unproductive, unproductive, unproductive. We should probably wrap this thing up, I feel like. We should. We, we are about 10 minutes of what we said our long podcast was going to go. I told you. We were worried about topics. I'm like, nah, we got this. Yeah, no. It, it, we, <laughs> we have no problem wasting everybody's time on <laughs> senseless babble. Hopefully you were entertained. <laughs> Hopefully you've gotten something out of this. Hopefully. Maybe you've learned something. Yeah. People are going to wonder if we bought stock in like Jack Link's or. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I've learned something. I'm, I'm going to think more about this fish jerky thing a little bit. Well, you, you know, fish jerky and, and can you rehydrate? You know, is it, cheaper, is it cheaper to go and buy a bag of jerky and rehydrate it than it is to buy. Say if you're making like a nice beef stew or something? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because then you get that smoky flavor in there and, or teriyaki. I mean, there, yeah. there, there's tons of stuff you could do. Yeah, sriracha. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, yep, you're right. Yep, getting hungry. We got to wrap this thing up. Yeah, we got to get some food. <laughs> so I, I hope everybody has enjoyed this. Um, yes. It, it will hopefully be a regular thing that we decide to torture everybody with frequently, and uh, that that would definitely be a, a good thing. <laughs> All so. right. <laughs> Signing off for the uh, PNA Podcast Express. He's Adam. I'm Phil. Make good choices.